Well, we made it. Oh, it's been so long. I, I remember the good old days. Oh, back when we first got started. Indeed, we barely had a show structure. Oh, I know, we were working it out as we went. There were skits all over the place. Well, that's it, we had no real plan of where to put them, or you know how many we were meant to have. And I think they were only about eight interstitial dunes rather than the required number. Exactly, but we worked out a structure. We did. We 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 had sections. We came up with segments and running characters. Aye, we had the things we played. We'd start and then we'd do things we watched and things we listened to. And then a segment after that that would occasionally switch. Oh, yes. Do you remember back when we had the bras? Oh, bra jokes back in the day. Oh, yes, yes. Still, we're a hundred now. Oh, and hopefully a hundred more. Oh, I hope so. We shall remain queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jared. You're not Jared Way. No. <laughs> And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet, and mm. welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where I definitely say the intro correctly the first time round. Mm. How are we doing on this hundredth episode? Hundredth episode, hundredth episode, it's the hundredth episode. Hundreds a lot of episodes. I mean, not for you. You're on you're on a multi hundreded okay, podcast. Okay, one of my podcasts is on like five hundred, but a hundred is still a big deal. I've it's been big on for me. A lot of podcasts I have been on have not made it to a hundred episodes. A hundred is a lot of podcasts fall fall apart or give up long before this stage. We persevered. We did. Lucky Percy. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, we we just, people are still here, so we're still doing it. Yay! Yay! Uh, how 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 has your week been? Uh, we we went to see Becky. We did. Hi Becky. Hi Becky. That was that was a lovely weekend. Yeah, to do it. some pre-birthday birthdayness. Indeed, we have. Not only is it a hundredth episode, I have a, a big big number birthday. It is on a big Thursday. number birthday that that is during the week this is being recorded. It is yet to happen, but will have happened by the time this happens. It happens in that nebulous void between recording Ooh. and airing. <laughs> oh goodness! Wowzer! Yeah. Oh, it's it's been a it's been a busy week. Yeah. It's been one of those ones where because we've been traveling, we've mm. been doing big sleepies. Because traveling on public transport is very tiring. Yeah. Particularly squidged on on hot buses. Uh, <laughs> but we're off the bus now. We're off the bus. Should... I'm so happy to be off the fucking bus. <laughs> Same. So should we talk about some things that we that we did while we were off the bus, such as playing video games? We played some video games and, and games of other kinds, perhaps. We uh, did. Yeah. What 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 have you been playing this week? What have I been playing? Well, I I, I started playing Magic: The Gathering Arena. Oh, that's that digital version of Magic the Gathering. It is. It's like that Magic the Gathering that I enjoy, but online. Yeah, how how have you been getting on with it? Um, oh, it's a bit of a grind initially. Yeah. Uh, I am basically planning to play free for as long as possible. Yes. And then I'll probably just be like, I'm done. <laughs> but 
Um, and it also doesn't help that there's about to be like a new set released into Magic Arena because Theros yeah. Beyond Death is coming out on Friday, I think. Yeah, but it's, it's coming to to Magic Arena on Thursday, so I'm like, well, I don't want to invest a lot of time doing stuff. If the meta's gonna change, if things are yeah, yeah. if things are gonna roll over, I'm just gonna just you know play it a bit. And but like you're given five decks initially, and oh, you've got to do a decent amount of playing to get more stuff, which allows yeah. you to at least start fiddling with those decks. Yes, this is the thing, is watching you play a bit this morning, it did seem like, oh, this is the same set of decks that everyone is using yes. at your skill level. E- everyone who's playing for free is pretty much playing with the same five decks. Yes, and I, it, it's always an interesting thing that you, you come across when you play like the official online versions of trading card games mm. versus like the sort of shady bootleg versions that sometimes exist online. Because like... The official both uh, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! online uh, playing apps both have very similar issues where there is a very strict limit on the amount of cards you can get by playing for free. They're not uh, particularly giving. Um, Whereas if you compare that to something like Yu-Gi-Oh! Dueling Book, which is a completely off-the-grid Yu-Gi-Oh! thing where, like... You have to police each other on the rules because the computer doesn't know what the rules of the game are. Mm. Uh, but but on the other hand, you have access to every single card in the game. You know. Yeah, I mean, there is Magic Online, which is it's it's less whizzy, less shiny. Yeah, I would say like Magic Online is more utilitarian. <laughs> Magic Online seems like the kind of one you would go to if you want to test a very specific deck to see if it works before you... Yeah, good for deck teching, that yeah. sort of stuff. If, if you've got a deck idea and before you purchase the physical cards you want to check it works, that would be where to do it, yeah. not in Arena. A- arena feels more like they're trying to be Hearthstone. Yes. Like they're like using like half-size cards and, mm. and things like that. And I, I like that about it. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that it's really easy to read because it'll be like you hover over the thing and it's going I'm not going to give you all the flavour text immediately but you can read it as a pop out yeah. all you need to know right now is power toughness flying and vigilance that's yeah. all you need to know about this creature It's <laughs> like that's pretty cool and as they sit on the board you just see the artwork so it, it looks I mean I've not played any Hearthstone but I've watched people oh, play it, and it, it, looks, it, it really looks, has that look it about like it. It looks like Hearthstone. They want you to look at this and go, well, was that Hearthstone? Mm. Uh, there are some changes from, from the, the paper game that have sort of made me go a bit like, I don't get it. But I, I've been watching some stuff today um, about like how to make how to make it work? How how to how to get further without spending money? Without spending money, how you, <laughs> how you can tactically. Um, use like the in-game currency that you earn, and sort of like how much is it worth doing dailies? Yeah. How much is it worth getting like a daily amount of wins? In in the hope of getting stuff, and and when does it start dropping off being worth anything? It's like yeah. okay, I don't, I don't, if you can win four a day or four yeah. when it whatever days you're playing, you're probably fine. Really, that yeah. that's about all you need. Basically, if... the the look behind the curtain of like how much should you actually be doing to. Yeah. To be in the free economy. Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that I have found ways of doing that, and 
there appear to be like codes you can get for a, a few sort of random bits that they, yeah. they've done as sort of general promo codes oh. that are working. So I'm going to put some of those in and yeah. try some stuff. But yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. It's nice to play more magic. Yeah, watching you play has given me the urge to jump back into that uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Switch game um, from a couple of months back. Because yes. I played through the first couple of campaigns and I have several campaigns I haven't touched yet. And I'm like... I really enjoyed that actually, and it was like eight campaigns in that. Yeah, it 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 did a really like the the campaigns were pretty beefy, and it did a pretty good job of every time you won a match being like, here's a here's a bunch of new cards and a bunch of currency to get new cards and no microtransactions and Ooh. like you were getting new cards fast enough that you could build widely varied decks rather than having to just play with that same like starter handful. You could branch out really early. I really felt with that like I would have I think I would have enjoyed you that Yu-Gi-Oh more if there was just like an option to just go unlock everything from the start, make your own decks and play with those. Yes. Like cuz I've had fun with us playing Yu-Gi-Oh before, yeah. but I think being restricted to the these are the plot relevant decks. Yeah. Like that, and we've talked about this on here before. Like, just I found some of the plot relevant decks a bit hard to play. Mm. The problem is, is that they base them too much on the deck that was in that was in the episode, which yes. works when you can draw the exact right card at the exact right time. Doesn't necessarily mean it's well built as a deck for like actual um, reliability. What's the matter? Do you not believe in the heart of the cards? Uh, well, maybe that's it. Were you believing in the heart of the cards? No. Well, that's the problem. That's my pro- you oh, didn't believe that- in the heart of the cards. You believe. In the heart, of the, the heart of the magic cards. You don't have heart of the cards. I don't believe in the heart of the magic cards <gasps> either. You don't believe in the heart of the magic cards. Oh. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't even pray to our in Jesus. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard you thank our in Jesus this morning. <laughs> I don't pray to our in Jesus. Sometimes I'm like, thank you, our in Jesus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's been nice watching. Like, here's here's the thing. I I very much enjoy playing magic with you. Um, it's it's nice that you have. The internet and people who are more experienced than me to play against as well, as alternative people to play with. Um, it's a very different experience. Yeah, I uh, they they they're just largely, and there are there are a few personalities I've picked up. Most oh. of them are bad. Yes, <laughs> I, I there was that one this morning with the um. They thought they might lose, so they stalled out. Yeah, they started like, I'm just going to wait to the end of the thing and then hit uh, hit for a timeout at the very last second. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a timeout at I the can. end of my timeout. And, and then they beat me anyway. Yeah. Because they but, like, drew better cards. They, they drew a good card at the last minute, but like they thought they were going to lose, so they yeah. were just like, I'm going to waste as much of your time as possible before you beat me. I played that person last night and I didn't even know the. G- I thought the game had crashed. Yeah, because I think they were sitting on their like, uh, like Mulligan or 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 Plat Keep Seven yeah. screen because they started the game with seven cards. So obviously they just sat on that screen for a while. Yeah, and I was like, has what? N- no, nothing? this person can't click on anything. This and then like for the first yeah. five rounds, they were just like just gonna stall out for as long as possible. I don't know, maybe they were mid-wank or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you caught me. I logged it. I, I got a game quicker than I was expecting. Yeah. Let me just finish this off here. <laughs> <laughs> Time out. I'll be back to you in a minute. I'll be back to you in a, 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 a minute. minute. But yeah. Um, 
I am I am enjoying playing uh, Magic Online. I've uh, I've added a couple of people from from the Discord, so it will be fun to play a yeah. bit of that against actual people. Yeah, I need to I need to I need to use my my Different. my my digital Yu-Gi-Oh deck in that Switch game against some 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 fan people because I've had Ooh. a few people tweet me going like, "Can I can I do a duel against you?" and I'm like, "I have an okay dragon deck, sure." <laughs> I mean, I was really getting into that um, Pokemon online for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then, we, then I moved and I was just, just like, if we're going to play Pokemon, we might as well play face to face. Well, that's it, yeah. Because <laughs> I think I was mainly playing Pokemon so I could learn the game to play with you. And I, mean, I kind of yeah. get it now. Yeah. I, I find Pokemon like a lot easier to grasp than Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, but Pokemon has not changed in 20 years and it's great for that. Yeah. Um, we need to play some more of the physical Pokemon card game. I'm definitely up for more Pokemon. Yay! And maybe some more deck building, since you've got all those expansions that oh, I don't know yes. how much you did with. Um, I bought your deck boxes and everything. I know, uh, they're all alphabetised and, and organised ready to deck build from. Oh, oh don't on the alphabetising. Like, the, the more I've been getting into Magic recently, the more I've been like, oh, you know... Alphabetizing might not be the best idea. Perhaps I should do it by converted mana cost. Hey, <laughs> and just hey. rearrange the whole. If thing. you want to rearrange the whole thing, I will help you rearrange <laughs> the whole thing the way you helped me alphabetize, but also by type. So it's like sort them by type, then alphabetize within the type, right? Uh, but also alphabetize by first stage evolution, and then put any second stage evolutions behind Naturally. first stage evolution rather than alphabetizing. Otherwise, them. how else would you find a full set? Exactly, and then you do alphabetized uh, non monsters behind that, and then. The energy cards for that type behind it, of course. Right, that's the logical yeah. sense of a way. Exactly. <laughs> if you want help organizing your card collection, I will help you organize uh, we'll, your card we'll collection. We'll see how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm I feel like what's going to happen is uh, as I'm sort of playing more modern stuff, yeah. I'm probably just going to leave a lot of my legacy and vintage cards just as they are because I don't have full because because of the way I was uh, could afford to. I would yeah. be like, hey, I can afford to buy a booster box of this set. Yes, and then like so, I've got like in. I could probably build quite an interesting commander deck because you're not yeah. allowed to have repeat cards in that. Huh. That I think that is the only way I'm going to be able to make anything out of those old. Yes, because I've got so few repeat cards to make yes. play sets. Oh, it's nice watching you play Magic. It makes Ooh. me very happy. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope we get to play some more. Still, it's my birthday on Thursday, so who knows? There might be some Magic play. Hey, if you want to play some Magic on Thursday, I will happily play Magic on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, I've been playing a, bu- playing a bunch more Pokemon because, of course, Pokemon. I have. Um, we'll get to the 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 in depth of the why shortly. But the the short version is there was a Pokemon Direct that happened, and one of the things that came out of it is they added a new Pokemon to Sword and Shield, a new Galar version of Slowpoke. He's orange. Um, he's he's got a little sort of coloured spot on its head, and um. Little golden thing. Yeah. So I, if I want to have my living shiny decks that I'm going for, I'm going to need three of this thing in shiny because one for the regular stage evolution and then two for the two things it can evolve into. Mm-hmm. Um. So the one that you get given in game can't be shiny. It's a it's a shiny locked thing. But I've been hatching eggs to try and hatch some shiny slow pokes. Oh. Um. And I already have my first one. So within, uh. Friday, didn't play Saturday, Sunday. Within about three days, I got, I, I managed to get a, of play, I managed to get a shiny one of this new Pokemon, so hooray, I did Woo. it! Now I just need to get two more. Woo! Woo. That's, 
gonna take me a while. I believe in you. Um, isn't there like a higher drop count at the moment? Didn't they say? Uh, there's a higher shiny rate for magic art specifically. There's a lot of shiny magic art raids around. Um, so I have plenty of shiny magic art. Woo! Floppy friends. Yeah, and well, then you also have shiny they, Garys though. Exactly. Yes, they turn uh, into a big red Gyarados. <sighs> Uh, I so, like Red Gyarados. Yeah, Red Gyarados is cool. Yeah. I have, I have, I have some spares. So if anyone wants a, a Red Gyarados or a Gold Magic Carp, let me know. Um, yeah, here first, folks. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What else have you been playing? Oh, I played Legend Maker. <laughs> oh, tell us about Legend Maker. I'm just gonna be quiet and let you <laughs> do this for a minute. Okay, so about two years ago, there was a Kickstarter for something called, I think, Adventure Maker. Yeah. And they were like, hey, we're going to make a uh, Legend of Zelda maker. You've seen Mario maker. That was cool, right? Imagine if you could make your own Legend of Zelda dungeons. And the Kickstarter video and the Kickstarter demo had quite a lot of Link to the Past uh, assets in it. Mm-hmm. Or, or just slightly modified N- not, assets. Not modified enough to be legally distinct. No. Like, mm, you were going to get in trouble for that. Probably. Yeah. And it looked really interesting, and I backed the Kickstarter, and then it was getting dangerously close to the end, so I doubled my 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 pledge. Yeah. And I shared it everywhere. I was like, please, I bought this thing. Oh my god, it's going to be amazing. Uh, and then it did not hit because Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't matter that I'd pledged slightly more than I could really afford. But Hooray! <laughs> hooray, almost. Um, and then they were like, hey, it's not over. We're going to get a... a Patreon, I was like, cool, I will support that Patreon right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And I got my early development builds, and I was like, that's really cool. I'm enjoying playing new versions of this. I'm enjoying the fact there are new creatures being put in, yeah. and there's like new functionality. It, it, and was, new... it was seeming really positive. It was coming along really, really well. And then the creator was like, hey, um, we're going to do this now instead. Yeah. And it was like, the, the art style was like their own. I was like, that's cool. Like, I'm glad you're doing your own thing because legally Nintendo were probably going to come for you. Yeah. And, like, the underground stuff was really good. It was really interesting. Like, there was this whole art style. And that that was a whole thing. Like, there was a lot of fun... Again, there was a lot of functionality. There was a lot of good creatures in there. There was, uh, like, dynamic lighting. So when you put, like, um, torches and stuff down, it had, like, all nice... Yeah. Nice glowy effects. And then the next thing we got, like, a, I think, again, it was a slightly different art style. And all of this stuff was, like, above ground stuff. Like, hey, we're calling it Runya now. And uh, we're putting in stuff so that you can have NPCs and they'll talk to each other. And uh, we've just built the fire rod in this new version. And look, you, you, we've made mechanics so that if you set fire to like a bit of grass, it will slowly spread to all the connected grass. Isn't that a cool effect? Yeah, it is. Uh, and um, we've got all this stuff. And, and like you can do weather effects so we can make it rain. We can make it dark. Uh, we can make it snow. We can do all this cool stuff. I was like, that looks amazing. And it's all your own. And that's really cool. And then they started putting other stuff on their Patreon. Like, hey, I'm yeah. going to make this... Uh, I had this dream, so I'm going to make this uh, like 3D uh, survival horror game with this weird-looking 
Yeah. Or a really ugly muddle 3D chicken and thing? Not, question mark? And not as its own separate Patreon, but as part of the, you know, we're paying you to make this Zelda maker thing and you're now mm, taking our money to make this different thing. I mean, that's how I basically took it at the time, because I looked at the demo and was like, that... That's not very good. That's not what I'm paying. That, that's, that's, that's not what I was thought I was paying you to make. That's not what I thought I was paying you to make. Uh, and like, uh, like I find I understand if you feel like you need to chuck something out the door to make some money. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, it, it was a like it seemed like a fairly transparent thing. Like, hey, I want a better computer, and if we hit this thing, I'll be able to buy a better computer, and that will help speed up making the game. Cool. Okay. Well, if we hit this level, we'll do this, and like I'll be able to pay more of my rent and be able to de- donate to dedicate more of my time yeah. to making the thing. Cool. That that is a, a good thing. I understand this. And then like this, like so the the three D survival horror with the ugly three D models came in, and I was like, ooh, not so much. And then it was like, and we're also working on Runya, which is going to be. Uh, an adventure game made within the uh, Legend Maker, because at that point I think they changed the name to Legend Maker. Yes. Um, uh, like, engine? Yes. So, and it, it was... so you're going to be able to see all of the things that this can do. There'll be examples of sort of puzzles you can make using the equipment that yeah. we'll be putting into this. Basically, we're going to make a big project within it as a showpiece of what the engine can do. Yeah. But, and I think this is crucial to mention... They started working on this project made in Legend Maker before Legend Maker was finished. And that caused a lot of problems, didn't well, it? Well, especially for people... Like, there there was a regular problem of... Hey, the latest update's out. You can't use your old saves. It's like, yeah. you make this. Why the fuck are you making something that's just going to be completely obsolete in a couple of weeks? Like, I understand from the point of view of going... Hey, I was trying to make a game in this and I realised what this needed... I need to have this function in it. Now, I don't know what happened at the tail end of last year, or mid to tail end of last year. It's changed entirely again. Yes, and it seems to have stepped back considerably in a lot of regards. I I lost track of things because I was like, okay, this isn't what I wanted to support with my Patreon money. I don't have a lot of money to to be giving $5 a month to a project that I'm not sure what's going on with it, and yeah. I don't like some of the things... Like, I totally hope... Th- I wish the best for this developer, but that's not for me right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not where my money's going right now. So, I stepped away from it, but I've, I still follow them on, on Twitter and on, on Facebook. Yeah. Like, I want to see how the project does, and when the project d- goes live, I am happy... To, to give it money. To give it money. Although, it turns out, because I've supported them £5... A month pre- uh, previously, yeah. or five dollars a month previously, I might just be get getting a copy anyway, because that's yeah. a thing for their supporters, apparently. So that's nice. But yeah. um, if you obviously keep supporting, you can get current dev updates. Anyway, following the the Facebook the other day, there was like, hey, we're putting up the the January build of Legend Baker. Are there any streamers out there who'd be interested in like sharing this around? I was like, hey, I used to support you, so it's not like you'd be giving a, a demo copy to someone who isn't going to get a copy in the end anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I stream twice a week. They were like, cool, send me a message. Sent them a message. Got a copy. Loaded it up. Had a look. I was like, ooh, 
This is a bit bare bones. Uh, yeah, considering how much functionality it sounded like there was in it in previous iterations that existed, it sounds like it's dropped back to, oh, this looks like a project that has only just begun start started work on, yeah. where you can do like four things. Yeah. And a lot of those things don't work. Yes. So um, it's gone back very much to the original style, sort of green walls in a dungeon. Mm. They worked out this new thing where you're doing going screen by screen because at one point they were talking about having scrolling sections and screen screen flicky mode as you yeah. go between sort of rooms. Um, there was a problem in that nice one with the lighting effects version because you could sort of see the solution to a puzzle uh, a bit early potentially because mm. it wasn't doing screen flicky and obviously people go Zelda Maker that that screen flicky dungeons right yeah it's square by square. Um, the excuse that was given end of last year was, hey, I feel like I'm, this is too much like I'm building an engine and not enough like it's a game. Yeah, but people were paying you to make an engine. People were paying to make this thing, um, which he has described as a game, but like, it, it, it's also an engine. Yeah, like, like I, I'd describe Super Mario Maker as an engine, essentially. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I understand the comparison point to Mario Maker, where you want to go, like, it is an engine, but we want it to play, like, you know, mm, to, to not feel like, oh, I'm sitting down to do some work in this development engine. You want it to feel, you know, a but little bit gamified. that's menu-driven. Like, yeah, you, can, that's... you can still make all the functionality yes, yes, like, of an engine. Yeah, functionality-wise, you want this to be an engine. Yes. It's a simple visual drag-and-drop engine is what people yeah. want. That, that's all people want. Like, And there was stuff like in that very early version. It's like, hey, have you put a statue down? Well, if you drag like the fire rod onto it, that'll, that'll make that a, a spitting fire statue. Or if yeah. you put arrows on it, it'll spit arrows. The Mario Maker thing of drag a thing onto this thing and now it has other functionality. I, I was looking for that in the latest demo and it's not there. I watched you try and drag a thing onto a thing and it didn't do anything like, and you were like, oh. I was like, oh, I can I can drop like hearts into to, to jars and things. I can drop power-ups into jars. I can drop um, like fire rod or the bow or whatever into a chest. But yeah. that's... It's... And here's the thing, that wouldn't have been like that that would have still been, you know, exciting looking if this was like the first build they'd sent out and like, yeah. hey, here's how we're doing. It's it the feels context less of functional it's... than the original Kickstarter yeah. demo two years ago. The fact that it feels like it has stepped back in terms of functionality. Yeah. Like they've lost huge amounts of progress is like here's the thing, I wouldn't even mind so much if it was a you pay once say this had been a Kickstarter. You'd be like, okay, they've gone back to the drawing board, but it will eventually get there. Like, the fact that it's on Patreon and it's regular payments over time makes dropping back and losing functionality and starting over feel like an excuse to keep taking money for longer. Yeah. The like, only, in the, the most cynical way possible. The only thing that gave, gave me even vague hope was the fact that I was looking at the sprite sheet. It's like, okay, so not everything's been dropped. Stuff exists. You have part of the resources to make these things happen. But what feels like has happened is you've reskinned the Kickstarter and just made it flicky screen instead of scrolling screen. Yeah. Because, like, there's maybe, like, eight or nine enemies. Hmm. There's less functionality on the, the scenery. Half of the, like, the door mechanics to make doors open and close work just doesn't. So I was sitting there, like, over the course of 
I think an hour I ended up playing on stream, and then I had to stop and just do Q&A stuff, because there wasn't enough to show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd been making this dungeon, it, uh, I think it crashed at some point, so I had to restart the thing, and I couldn't work out how to load it back in, which was disappointing. Oh. It's like, oh, okay, so all my work for the last hour that I've been getting really long save times on, that, that's all gone now? No, no, you just can't do it from, from the intro. There's obviously like lots of like there's a game over screen that does yeah. nothing. <laughs> it's like do you want to restart or, st or 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 continue? It's like oh uh no there, there's there's arrows there but but they don't do anything. It's like yeah. there's but where is all the game in your game that you've been making for years? Goodness. So like if you want to support them, it's Patreon.com/slash/DreamerMix or one word, but. Maybe wait. I cannot, in all good conscience, recommend this. Yeah, I, it feels like the thing to do is to watch this project. Watch the project. Mm. To watch the project until it feels like the development bills they're putting out are in a good place. Yeah. Support it, but be aware that you might be supporting a thing that might just drop back to square one at some point. And if you're going to put money in, like go in knowing that that's a possibility, or just head over and monitor their stuff. Like, yeah. Watch, watch their Patreon, watch their Facebook, watch their Twitter. It's a really interesting project, and I really want a Zelda yeah, maker. But yeah. I feel like at this point, somebody else who is more dedicated to the project, and, and don't get me wrong, like coding in your spare time is a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like somebody else with more focus and and like maybe like more control over themselves I, I feel like there's honestly two solutions to this one of which is get someone else involved in the project who can t tell you no sometimes and say yeah. like nope just stick with it keep going like that that stops them from going yeah but it's not mm, yeah, mm. I went down the alley and I don't like it I'm gonna yeah, I'm let's gonna not dick nothing forever this shit <laughs> yeah and that or have mm, someone else try and tackle this same concept who basically looks at this Kickstarter and looks at all the videos over the last couple of years and goes, here's what worked and didn't work for them. Let's just jump in fresh without two years of preconceptions about what this project's going to be and go in focused. Yeah. Someone who's made a game before maybe jump yeah. in and do this. Because this is the point. It's such a good idea that I am surprised nobody's tried to swipe, snipe them on it. Yeah, well, again, like... There's a certain level of respect of let people try and finish their projects off before you jump in and do the the same idea. Uh, I no, I, I and what concerns me is the fact that they're that they advertised looking for streamers to advertise yeah. this for them. They thought this was in a streamer ready state. Yeah, there's there's not enough for more than an hour of streaming in its current state, it's... and and the fact that they're like as as like somebody who's been following the project for yeah. a while, I was like, oh, I'll just do a bit, a little bit of research. And what I was looking for with my research was uh, like just ideas about dungeons, so that I wasn't going oh like just fanning about on stream. Yeah. Like I wanted to keep it like. Just have some ideas for puzzles that could be interesting to try and just kept finding things were just fundamentally broken or didn't do that anymore. Yeah. And it was so disappointing. It's, it, it is kind of... Um, the fact that they that in this state they were like, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get streamers looking at this. Well, is it, concerning. It's either that or they're running out of money and struggling well, to keep going with the project. I mean, um, a bit of both, maybe. Yeah, big, big worries for that. I, I, yeah. I will keep watching it. And I, th- I, I hope that it generates some if, interest. If it but... turns out to to release someday and be fantastic, we will be all the happier for it. We don't Definitely. want to see it fail. No. Heck, I might chuck them some extra money on top of what I've already given them, and just buy a copy out, right? Yeah. But yeah. I just want them to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if 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 they want to get if they want to talk to someone who who whose whole job is to look at how people's video games are going and to give them some advice on what maybe to do i'm happy to i'm happy to drop them an email and go here's probably what you need to be doing to mm-hmm. sort this yeah uh, what about you have you uh, the other, I've, I've played a couple of indie game demos because since last week's episode, I have published my uh, 25-ish most anticipated indie games of 2020. I was going to mention that in my watch. It's a really good article slash video. Yeah, it's available on laurakbuzz.com as a written article or on youtube.com slash laurakbuzz as a video. I was really proud of the video version of that. You should be. I, I am I'm fascinated to see more of a lot of these games. Yeah, so I wanted to, to quickly talk about a couple of them I've had chances to play demos for. Um, there's one that I will be playing a demo of this week and talking about next week, which is uh, a Potato mm. Tale, which is the, the Potato Cats uh, video game. But So I played a demo for a game called Weird and Unfortunate Things Are Happening. Uh, you can find a demo for it... Uh, at, on itch.io, uh, the user who the public the developer is called Unity, not the engine, a person called Unity. Um, it is a very Earthbound esque top down JRPG where you play as a lesbian aunt trying to save her niece from a town that has just vanished off the map. Think of a sort of Night Vale esque. Uh, Everything's gone a bit weird and sideways I mean, and isn't surreal. That very earthbound anyway. It's, it's very yeah. It, it it's it's that kind of thing. The aunt has the ability to see supernatural beings, cool. and as such, uh, when when no one can remember her niece's town exists, she's like, I "Feel like this is a job for me." Um, there is a demo for that game that is eight hours long of a fifteen-hour RPG. It's basically the first half of the game. Um, and they've said that the save's going to be yes, important. Yes, uh, save, your save will transfer over. So if you want to play eight hours of an RPG and then go, yeah, when that comes out, I'll play the other eight hours of that and continue your save over. Maybe treat it as two small RPGs. Um, that is the thing you can do. And I've been playing some of the demo for it. It's really polished. All of the character art is really nice. They've They've put in a huge number of character art portraits to represent, like, hugely varied numbers of emotional responses to things. Mm, I did, I re- watching the video, I really like the... like the. It's it's like a nice, cute art style for just walking around, but the portrait stuff for when they pop up yeah. for conversations is amazing. It's it's really solid portraits, and like the, the world design and the environment design feels like some of the weirder sections of, of Undertale. Um, particularly a lot of the... A lot of the otherworldly design reminded me of when you're going down into Undyne's lab and there's sort of like amalgamate um, ghost blob things where it's like lots of things that shouldn't be one thing combined into each other. Like, this is a combination of many creatures and it's a bit weird and creepy. 
It's interesting um, you mentioned Toby Fox because didn't he do like a rom hack of Earthbound at some yes, point? Yes, I I believe he did music for a very for a very popular Earthbound rom hack. That um, he's not super proud of these days. Yeah, <laughs> that that's fair. But um, yeah, it's it's a really nice demo, and I would highly recommend it if you're in if you're itching for like an Earthbound esque. Uh, Itch.io. <laughs> <link. laughs> if if you are in the mood for a good. Earthbound-esque RPG with queer characters and really nice uh, characterization. This seems really worth looking at, and such a beefy demo. Like, what is there to lose by picking up a free demo and like getting a really good feel for the length? Right. It reminds me a lot of that Dragon Quest Eleven demo that got put up and was like the first ten hours of the game. I'm like, I'm always a fan of an RPG going. Here's enough of the game for you to really get a sense of if you're gonna like it. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones that I have had a chance to play demos for include, uh, let me have a, a scroll, um, a Paradise Killer, which is one I've been excited about for a while. Mm-hmm. It is a investigation, like, murder mystery type game, but much like something like Her Story, the idea is that the game doesn't firmly tell you whether you've got things right or wrong. Um, it's very much open to... Go around this open world, ask people questions, collect clues. There's a good menu system for keeping track of your clues. Um, And when you think you know who did it, you can go to trial and go, this is who I think did it, this is the evidence I have, and if there's enough evidence, you'll get a conviction. Whether you were right or not is irrelevant. Did Did you get a conviction? You then have to sort of decide to yourself, am I happy with that answer? Was that, am I confident I got this right? Um, which I really like in... I like as a thing that games are trying to do more often. Yeah. Um, I I like that it leaves room after the credits roll for you to, you know, discuss with other people. Well, you know, I got, I, 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 I got that person declared guilty because of this, that, and the other. And they're like, oh, well, no, no, this, that, and the other. Um, so the demo I've played for that is really fun. I, I'm... Everything I've seen about it is really positive looking. The the neon colour palettes for the world are fantastic. The character models are all really unique. Um, I am very ready for that to, to come out. That uh, 2D and Top D looked really interesting uh, as well. I've not had a chance to, to try 2D and Top D yet, but it is a... Uh, how would I describe it? It is a puzzle platformer where you can switch between seeing the same level... As if it's a side-on 2D platformer section, or without moving any of the the level layout, now you're viewing it from top-down. And so, like, you can push blocks around in a top-down perspective and then switch to sideways, and now they're in the correct place to, to jump on to get over gaps, and it... It's a real mind bender to to watch footage of. Yeah, it it took me a second to initially be like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to explain. I would say... Uh, Watch the video. Yeah, the 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 spelling of that is T O O D E E and T O P D E two D and top D. Go look at a trailer for it. Like it, it looks fascinating. Mm. Um, I got to play through the entirety of a game that's coming out in like a week or two. Um, it is a little visual novel called Arranged. Mm. Um, it is about arranged marriages in Turkey and. Yes. 
as someone that like I know very little about arranged marriages conceptually, I'm I'm aware of them mainly as a thing that happens in media, you know, as a plot point rather than the realities of them very much. Mm-hmm. Um it was really interesting to play through something that sort of contextualized it didn't it didn't glorify and, and and try and make the argument that arranged marriages are always a positive thing. Like the game ends with some t- statistics about the percentage of people who end up in Turkey in unconsensual arranged mar- marriages, but it 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 covers a lot of things like why someone might feel they have no choice but to a degree to agree to an arranged marriage. Mm. It covers things like why someone might be quite excited about being in an arranged marriage. Um the cultural and religious beliefs that sort of play into arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. It it gave me a lot of insight, and I felt better informed on the topic for having gone through it. So that that was an interesting project. Uh, what else is on there? Uh, there was a demo for a game called Don't Take It Personally, I Just Don't Like You. Uh, it's another one that is on uh, itch, itch.io. The developer is Christian DaCosta. It is a dating sim where not all of the people who you can pursue will be viable romantic uh, options. You mean I can't just pump kindness tokens into people until yeah. they want to hold my hand? Yeah, they will deliber- there will deliberately be characters who you can in- interact with and spend time with and decide to follow their plot lines, and they might just not be into you, and... If you want to keep that friendship going, you'll have to be respectful. And, you know, if you if you end up asking someone out and they're just like, no, you're just not my type for whatever reason, you got to be respectful of that and go, no, that's okay. I wish to still be friends, though, and, you know, try and keep that friendship going. It just seems like a really nice, respectful idea. Yeah, I mean, and given, like, like that is kind of creepy about those things. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I will pick a person to insert points into. Yes. So I can insert my fingers into. Oh, God, yeah. But, like, the the game has um, good options for pronouns and gender selection. You can be a non-binary character, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and the character writing is all really, really fun. The The fact that one of the... The, the demo is, like, an hour-long, maybe 90-minute-long prologue chapter mm-hmm. and the fact that one of the two people that you spend most time with in that is a drunk punk rocker that wants to tear down capitalism i'm like okay you've caught my interest game this is someone this is someone i'm i'm interested in learning more about mm. um sorry i'll i'll try and skim through the rest of these because it's it's going to be a long <laughs> played section today um i played a demo for a game called creator crate by creator crate games it is a side-scrolling uh, platformer, but a, a very fast-paced one about this little robot that has been made to disassemble and recreate matter, and it is sentient and it does not want to be in a lab, so it breaks out, and you are basically trying to escape a lab as this tiny little box robot. Uh, your main ability is you can find objects and basically break them down to use as currency to build other things with. So let's say you got the blueprint for a gun and it didn't have many bullets in it. 
you could throw that gun away when you're done with it, and so long as you've still got some matter stored up in you, you could make a fresh gun that still had bullets in it, because you... Did you not recycle the old one? Uh, you can you can break that down into some matter, but not as much as... Because yeah. obviously there's no bullets left, Indeed. so some of the matter's been used up. Huh. Um, but you've got a lot of like momentum-based mechanics as well. Like You might do things like grab a knife, stick it in the ceiling, and sort of swing... From, from knife point to knife point to get across a gap or a uh it's it's a lot of trying to avoid getting caught by scientists as you escape this big lab while running very quickly just being like oh get out get out get out get out mm. and it it was really fun it's got a really great pace to it and the the, the little robots adorable i want to see this this little robot escape yeah it certainly is a curious little creation <laughs> yeah um I'm trying to skim through for the other ones that I've actually had a chance to play. Cause there's a, there's a lot of really exciting games on there. I would recommend checking out the full the the video I did. Definitely. But um, I got to play a demo of Brie Goes to Hell by Cassidy D'Alesso. De, De, mm-hmm. Uh, two two lesbians get sent sent to sent to hell and decide fuck this we're getting out. Uh, it feels like a mix between like half Super Meat Boy and part Mirror's Edge. It's sort of momentum-based free-running. Lots of, like, if you run at a wall, you get a few steps of getting up before you, like, start to slow down, so you can then do a leap and... Hmm. You, you, you... It's that sort of, like, momentum-based free-running stuff. Yeah. Um, anything else? Da, 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 da. Uh, I, I played the first chapter of a visual novel called The Hayseed Night, a uh, really gorgeous animation. This, all of the art, writing, voice direction, coding was done by a single person, and I am amazed by that because it is such high quality. Okay. Um, really well voice acted, um, little anthropomorphic animal visual novel about the one-eyed deer because he's he's not very smart and he's a deer with one eye who who just wants to be a knight one day, and it's very sweet. Hmm. And I think that is it for the ones that I have played demos for. Have you played anything else this week? No, that's it really. Well then, time for this. Tired of the same old air fresheners? Why not try your new range of fantasy room sprays? Just set your preferred frequency and face spray will add a touch of magic to your home. Available in Deep Forest, Rolling Meadow, or Spring Brook. Honey, why is there a satyr on the beanbag? Face spray. Bring the magic home. Oh god, there's unicorn poop in my shoes as well. Have you enjoyed the first hundred episodes of Queer and Pleasant Strangers? Yeah! Would you like to re-enjoy them in a brand new way? I surely would. Introducing Queer and Pleasant Strangers Podcast of the Year edition. We will be remastering our first 100 episodes. 100 episodes. Releasing them with about 10 seconds of previously unheard audio. 10, 10, 10, 10 seconds. Including discussion before the skit starts as to how we're gonna do the skit. How are we gonna do the skit? Uh, uh, maybe you start it as a solo? Yeah, okay, I'm happy to do this one as a solo. Yeah. Go back and enjoy Queer and Pleasant Strangers as it was always meant to be experienced. Bad, 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 badly edited. So, <sighs> what have you put in your eyes? Uh, I've not put a huge amount in my eyes this week. Um, 
I mentioned it briefly earlier. I watched the Pokemon Direct that aired last week. Mm. There's some Pokemon news. There was. Yeah, that was 20 minutes that moved very, 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 very fast. I watched it at double speed, so it went even faster. Yes. <laughs> so, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon was a game that came out like 15 years ago where you play as what? Pokemon. Yeah, 2006? Oh, God, what's happening to So, yeah, time? 14 years ago? Mm. God. Uh, you play as Pokemon rescuing other Pokemon from caves and all the Pokemon can talk. Uh, that is getting remastered. And the the art style looks really adorable, and they've added some new stuff into it, and it comes out like next month, and there's a demo already out, so I'm excited to to play that. Hooray! There seems to be like a, a bit of, bit of a fan following for the Mystery Dungeon games. Yeah, the Mystery Dungeon games are like there is definitely a cult following for those. There's a lot of excitement for them. Is it a whole new game or like a remaster? So uh, the original game originally it was two games. Yeah. They basically smushed them into one and added some new content and remastered it. So, like, there's some new stuff, like, there's Mega Mega Evolution Pokemon and stuff like that, but okay. it's basically a remaster of the old one. Aww. Um, And then the rest of the Direct was, hey, so you know how we normally do, like, red, blue, yellow? We make a remaster that is slightly different, Um, and there's some new stuff in it, but you have to buy a new game and start from, from the beginning of your save? <laughs> what if instead we did DLC and... I'm not opposed to that in theory. Um, I think it's a bit cheeky that they're trying to sell the DLC twice if you have both copies of the game. That this largely identical DLC, you can't just use it on both your copies. But uh, there's going to be two big DLC expansions. They're both sort of like the wild area in that you can just... They're not narrow corridored areas. You can move the camera around, that sort of thing. Um, one is in the summer and is based on the Isle of Man, and then the other one is coming out in the winter and is based on Scotland. Um, apparently, apparently that's what they're based on, according to the official Pokemon account. Neither did I. One is, like, sunny and beaches, and one is snowy, but apparently it's the Isle of Man and Scotland, according to the official Pokemon Twitter account. Um, but... Basically, it's his two new big chunks of story that you can go and do. Each has a new legendary in it. Each adds back in a bunch of Pokemon that didn't make the cut when the original game came out. I think there's like 200 of the old ones they're bringing back. New versions of existing Pokemon. So like, there's new versions of the legendary Articuno. birds. <laughs> yes. Uh, Becky's not happy about new Articuno, <laughs> no. no. Um, <laughs> I like new Articuno. Um, I don't have any feelings on yeah, <laughs> But new uh, outfits, uh, but just a bunch of new content being added to the game. Mm. And I am up for the idea of, for 30 quid, here is two new chunks of game to keep you playing for the next year. Like, it, I, I'm not opposed to that as a DLC plan. I will take a chunk more game in the summer and a chunk more in the winter for a game I'm loving already. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, um, like, Pokemon Yellow compared to Red and Blue, but yeah. wasn't Yellow just, like, the same thing but with, like, a different mix of the Pokemon and uh, like, Pikachu following you around? Well, there, were, there was a number of, like, things that were unique to Yellow. Um, Team that, Rocket being more like the anime That's it. Series. Team Rocket were more like the anime series. You had Pikachu following you around as your little Tamagotchi that you could sort of turn around and, and their little face would show up. You could get a surfing Pikachu and there was a little surfing minigame you could do down the mm -hmm. beach. Um, like, none of it was hugely substantial. It was more... 
you know, in in years since, some of those remakes have been more substantial upgrades. Yeah, um, was, was Ultra Sun and Ultra yeah, Moon different from? That's that's the one I was going to bring up. So yeah. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were kind of re-releases of Sun and Moon, but they had like probably like five to six hours of extra stuff at the end. Like they had a pretty substantial additional story chunk and right. uh, a bunch of new legendaries and. Um, an area where you could get, like, shiny Pokemon would be more common. Yeah. They had, like, a decent amount of, like, oh, this is the extra stuff that you're replaying the story for. Mm. But you had to replay through most of what is generally considered one of the slowest Pokemon games to get to that content. Yikes. Um, whereas I'm glad that this is, oh, you you finished the game? Okay, don't worry, six months from now, you can just jump back in with your save file and just that, jump to the new stuff. That feels a lot more sensible than trying to buy a whole new game and being forced to play through that's... what might not be great story. Well, that's it. And I, I like that they're doing the thing where they've got, here's some new Pokemon, here's some old ones, here's some old ones with some new spins. Like, that's a good mix of ways to go, like, here's... here's a good mix of content for what everyone's asking for. Yeah, because Pokemon's always had those little follow-ons, so there's been, like, yellow... What was the one for Gold and Silver? Uh, Crystal. Yeah. Yes. They've always had these little, like, there's additional things you can get by playing the, the sort of remastered one later. The sort of the next one. <laughs> yes. So, I'm I'm happy to see them move away from that yeah. strategy and more towards... Hey, look, and and they're not making you buy the DLC to get the new uh, content. Yes, I I did quite like that. Yeah. Like the fact that you'll still be able to get that through trading. Yes. So I I don't know for a fact, but I highly suspect when this DLC comes out, there will probably be a pretty good concerted effect from the community to go, hey, people who've got the DLC, put Pokemon from that DLC onto surprise trade, so people who don't have the DLC will get Pokemon they couldn't otherwise get. Yeah. And, uh, like, the way they were doing at Christmas with the starters. Yeah, because, like, Becky was saying, like, because she got um, a Switch and... Was it Shield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for UDP, and had, was saying, like, Wonder Trade is flooded with, like, all the starters and, yeah. like, a bunch of interesting later stuff. People so, being really helpful and going like, look, here's stuff here's that... all the exclusive stuff. Yeah, pe people have been really generous and not just throwing out their Pidgeys. Yeah. Which, I hope that bears well for when the DLC happens, for like, making sure the people without the DLC get to regularly receive yeah, new Pokemon. that would be nice. Hmm. Hmm. What about you? What have you been watching? What have I been watching? I'll be honest... <laughs> It's mostly Magic the Gathering, Therospy, oh, and Death stuff. That's super okay. <laughs> Tell me about your Magic the Gathering stuff. Um, so I've been watched the. Uh, I finally got around to watching the official Magic the Gathering trailer for Therospy and Death, which is cool Ooh. as fuck. I I know nothing about Magic the Gathering. Can you explain to me in any way that would make sense any of what occurs? Uh, I couldn't when I watched it, but I probably kind of can now. Okay, what's what's the what's the super simplified dummy version? Uh, so there's this whole concept of the returned people who have been dead and they will fashion a gold mask and return into the world, but they will lose like themselves in that. Okay. And they will basically be sort of, sort of zombies, sort, yeah. of, sort of husk type creatures. Given up the personality, but the, the body lives on. Yes. Like people so desperate to come back to life that they surrendered most of themselves. Yeah. Apart from their physical form. Um, so a 
character is walking along and uh, towards like this barrier that everyone seems to be walking into that looks kind of like if water was like, almost like a stargate. But it's like a oh, whole wall of water. Is this the trailer that was at the Game Awards or I something? I have no idea. Um, does a woman get pulled underwater yes. by something? Yeah, I've seen this trailer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, continue explaining because I did not understand a thing of what I saw. Okay. Um. So she's Elspeth, and she was the like main character from the original Theros series. Um, she, stuff happened, she died, she got taken to the underworld, Hmm. and, uh, basically, as she's leaving, she sees what appears to be a child just standing about to touch the barrier, and she goes up, touches the, the child on the shoulder, they turn around, and it's a, oh god, what was the, the film with the creepy kid in the raincoat? Oh, um. You know the thing I mean, with the red raincoat. Yes, yes. Right, and it turns out it's clearly not a child, or if it is, it's a small child of a very terrifying species, because it, it, its face is basically a weird black hole and twisty stuff Yeah, in a really awesome effect. And then sort of standing just behind them is this sort of shadow-weaving character who I understand is uh, one is either a god or a demigod who basically just, like, does fucked up shit with nightmares. Oh, fun! Yeah, so, and and that, I think, is part of where the being sucked underwater thing comes from. Yeah. It's, like, nightmarish, like, the horror of being drowned and pulled down by lots and lots of hands. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I, um, I I feel like I understand this now. Yeah, so, from what I understand, it the, the Theros stories have been based on, like, Greek mythology. Hmm. Uh, like, a few years ago they did Amonkhet, which is based on, uh, like, Egyptian myths. Yeah. So it... It's, like, nice to to see that they're doing sort of, like, pantheons from throughout yeah. history. And, yeah, like, it's it's sort of, you've got the history of the, the Titans who came before the gods. Mm. And then you've got the gods themselves. In this case, you have 15 gods. You have the, the five primary ones representing the five colours of magic. Mm. And then ten below them um, as the sort of, like, say, like, uh, red, black, um, red, Oh, blue, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. and then just sort of all the combinations of of all the different yeah uh, sort of colors. So yeah, there is a different god for each of those, and yeah, it's it's been really interesting. So I've watched lots of stuff on I think it was Dice Try on mm-hmm. their channel. I they've done a series of about four videos explaining the history of like Theros. And the stuff about Elspeth, who was that, that yeah. character. Yeah, basically, here's the law that's leading up to here's new what cards happened in happening. Theros. Here's what happened in Theros. Well, it, th- some things have changed within magic within the last couple of years. It feels like I've missed what was the golden age of magic's story and plot. Yeah. Because it used to be that, like, regularly on the on their website, they would update the story and you would get new content about that. And it was just on their website. And now it feels like, uh, like for for beyond Theros beyond death, it's like a a page of just mm. this is an outline of what's happening now. Elspeth's back, and this is going on, and that's going on, and these are the gods that are still sticking around, and enjoy, <laughs> as opposed to here are months and months and months of story updates and interesting art, and also there's going to be like comic books and books and. Yeah. 
other stuff relating to it. That, so it, that makes sense, yeah. Like, I mean, I've heard Austin talking about, um, Austin Yorsky talking about, like, Magic the Gathering's, like, story and how fascinating that is. Yeah. Didn't really know a lot about it, but I, I watched a bunch of, um, lore stuff on Dice Try this morning yeah. about, like, the history of... I, I would totally listen to a podcast of you and Austin talking about Magic the Gathering <laughs> I don't lore. think I know enough about Magic the Gathering lore. I... I feel like I feel like, like, I feel like they could do Austin, Austin, Austin you, you two being like, oh yeah, and I know this card and that, that and the other. Like I, I would listen to you two talking about magic. <laughs> I think for, for me, it's been like it would be sort of stuff like, and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, and then this happened on uh, with the Phyrexians, and I'd be like, they have awesome card art. I've got some Phyrexians. Yeah, somewhere. I would and... listen to that podcast. <laughs> And then they went to Mirrodin. It's like, uh, I have a whole set of Mirrodin cards. <laughs> I've got tons of Mirrodin cards. You, you underestimate how much I would love to hear you get this excited <laughs> on, on a thing. And Austin could tell me all the stories. Austin's very busy. Aus- boy, Austin's story time. Austin's story time. <laughs> and Jane is excited about Austin's stories. <laughs> I mean, I'd be in for it. <laughs> don't know when he'd have time though. He is a very, very busy boy. He's a very busy boy. He's a very busy boy. Um, what else have I been looking at in that? Um, like a bunch of uh, pre-pre-release stuff, like Loading Ready Run, have got some connection to Wizards of the Coast, yeah. and they got like uh, promo boxes. The stuff that's basically being released in in stores on Friday. Yeah, for like here's the. The the promo day for the for the new yeah. thing that's being released. So they got like a bunch of those and did some like deck building out of the boxes. Six boosters from the new series. Um and like various other gumps. Like there's yeah. a spin down dice and all the other usual shit you get in magic building de- yeah, deck yeah. building sets. Uh like an exclusive shiny from that and foils. They all bend. That's a problem with Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. <laughs> all the foils bend. Um, so yeah, it was, they they did like a seven slash eight hour stream of, hey, here is like, this is what we got in our first box. We opened them all up and we showed that on stream and then we did like building a deck out of that, out, out of like, yeah. I think, I think it was either three or six packs, hmm. um, building, building a deck out of that. And then, like, okay, now we're going to go on and we ha- have, like, people from the Magic community, like, mm. um, like players cospl- and, and cosplayers, and they will be playing with these cards for the first time. They'll oh. also be playing against LRR staff, and... I, I need to find some good content like this for, for Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I, it must exist. Yeah, I, I like, that sounds like a thing I would love. Yeah, I mean, it's been quite interesting, like, because yeah. I've never been, like, oh, okay, uh, I think until recently I've not sort of thought about engaging with what is going on in this because I yeah. hate dealing with communities. Yeah, that's totally fair. It, 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 I usually find that if I'm interested in something, nothing will put me off that thing faster than the community surrounding the community. It. Yes, we live in a society. We <laughs> live in a society, Jane. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been nice to sort of go like, hey, the people that I enjoy watching content of are doing pre-release stuff for this thing I am interested in and that has been nice to sort of get caught up in a little bit of that hype and be like yeah "Yeah, I'm learning things about the new thing I'm learning about the mechanics that will be sort of the primary things for this this set I'm happy you're having an excite well on Friday I'll be happily having a look at my own promo box I I will be very excited to see how that goes for you what about you have you watched anything else 
Uh, I started rewatching Twin Peaks. Ooh, I've that sat, was quick. I've sat on it a little while and then gone. I feel like I need to. I feel like now that I've seen the end of this, I need to go back to the beginning and I need to contextualize it with. Um, I I need to I need to soak it in. No, like I need to watch it knowing where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel hmm. Some things from rewatching the pilot that seem particularly of note. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand a lot more on a rewatch. I think why David Lynch might not have wanted to reveal Laura Palmer's killer, mm-hmm. because so much of that early pilot is really hammering home this idea that her death impacted everyone in Twin Peaks and is the sort of spiralling out point for all of these other mysteries and plot lines and everything else spiders out from there. And if you, when you reveal who Laura Palmer's killer is, it kind of crushes the thing that supported the rest of the web. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... It's like that thing where you stack pennies on a milk bottle. Yeah. And they're going out and out and out and out, and it feels like they just solved the mystery and it took that bottom penny off and everything collapsed. Because it <sighs> it, it just wasn't enough interesting left in it. Well, that's... Here's the thing, is the plot lines that were left were still interesting, but, like, prior to finding out who her killer was, there was always some some feeling through these plot lines. Maybe this will in some way lead back into that central mystery. Mm-hmm. And even if the mysteries themselves weren't the thing I was super interested in at the time, I'd be like, yeah, but what if it somehow leads into the big thing? Yeah. And you never knew which plot lines were going to be important to the big thing. Yeah, and it, it almost felt like the Who Killed Laura Palmer was the least important of all the mysteries. Mm. And the the fact that the network were like, we have to solve Who Killed Laura Palmer, it's like, you don't get it. That's well, not the point. But again, like, when you contextualise that with what was going on at the time, like, there were not a lot of shows that had, as I understand it, like, long-running mysteries in them. No. That wasn't a thing. No. Like, it was the era of your sort of episode start-and-finish murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. Like, your murder, I'm, she wrote. Yeah. Your and, like... Given that context, I'm impressed that Lynch managed to fight the network as long as he did on that mystery. I mean, if you think about it, the first season of Dream Pigs is not that long, and by the time the second series had started, it had already been decided, you're going to yeah. tell us who killed Laura Palmer, at which point he went, okay, I'm contracted for, I think it was six episodes. Yeah. And he does, like, some at the beginning, obviously the... the, the Laura Palmer ones, Laura, yeah. Laura, Laura's mystery... And some stuff right at the end. So basically, the Windermill episodes. Yeah. Well, the 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 thing with it, I think, is, uh, and how do I put this? Even though I think, like, given today's context, looking back, I think Laura Palmer's mystery was solved too too soon and mm-hmm. shouldn't have been solved. I think, with the context of when it released, I'm still really impressed that Lynch was able to convince them to not reveal it until then. Mm. Like, that was still a hugely impressive feat in mm. sort of reshaping how you told a narrative. Yeah, and I, I think it did perhaps do some good for television going forward. Yeah, like, 
it, even if it's not the way that Lynch wanted it to go, I think the concept of having like what was it like eighteen episodes or so between season one, season two, there's and and the reveal happening was probably mm. like eighteen or so episodes, something like that, Some, somewhere in that range, eighteen to twenty maybe. Like it did set up a template for the future, which was. You can have a long, ongoing mystery with lots of side mysteries that ultimately lead into the the big one thing, and after about 18 to 20 episodes, solve that mystery. And that is a structure that I think Twin Peaks really, you know, helped create. Yeah. I is... think that's the other thing. Like, if they had found a way of going, Laura Palmer's killer has been revealed, that's the end of the series. Yes. that's That's part of it as well. Like, if if that could have been the end of Twin Peaks, I think that would have benefited it as well. Yeah. Um, I've been pondering a lot as well on the whole um, Lynch not wanting to answer mysteries, but still setting them, uh, setting those cliffhangers up. And that's something I've been sat with, where I've been like, okay, well, why why is that a thing you would do? And the best. Answer I have that to that my, myself at the moment is he I I feel like he doesn't like the idea of sitting with closure and again this is obviously reading into someone else and maybe I'm interpreting it wrong but I get the feeling that he doesn't like there to be neat wrapped up endings to narratives maybe because that's not how life works not only is that not how life works but it's it's not interesting or not as interesting. Because you're not left sort of thinking about it and hypothesizing it about, and then having conversations with people about, well, what do you think, yeah. and how 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 do you interact with this? And regardless of whether or not your answer is correct or the right answer, like you've created this whole extra thing of uh, interactions with people and uh, and, I... and interest and and just fascination it, here's and one... wonder. One thing I will say is I don't think Twin Peaks would be the phenomenon it is today, like, in, in cult circles and sort of revered the way it is. I think people would have forgotten about it by now, if not for season two ending on <laughs> such a drastic cliffhanger. Yes. And I don't necessarily think it was a good move in storytelling. I think I think there is some merit to the the theoretical side of um, you know, leave, leave some things unanswered, yes. I, I feel like season two's ending isn't leaving a thing unanswered, it's, ooh, we're setting literally point one of a new story and then going, yeah, but we're not going to give you that story. And I still feel like that is, like, I don't blame anyone who was pissed off by the lack of more Twin Peaks, because... I, I feel like there is a way to have something at the end of your narrative that goes, ooh, ooh, what did that mean? We've, we we shall discuss this for years. That doesn't go, here is, here is, I've just started unraveling, like, a, a real juicy thread on a new story. No, you, know, you don't get that story. Nope. I can understand why that felt like a real fucking cock tease to people. Um... The bluest, the blue velvet balls. Yeah, but then, <laughs> again, like, again, I'd have preferred... <laughs> Uh, I was thinking a lot about Lost while thinking Ooh. about uh, thinking yeah. about Twin Peaks, <laughs> mainly in the sense of I would have preferred that Lost ended a season earlier with that kind of Twin Peaks season two, like fuck what? What did Jack just do? And then just never continue 
than what we got of our final season that attempted to give answers to fucking everything. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not saying that I want everything to be given answers, whether they're satisfying or not, but also maybe tone down the the yeah, with just a little tea mystery. slightly. As yeah, a, treat. a little mystery as a treat, not. Oh, the main character is possessed. <laughs> what? Ooh. Indeed. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> an... actually, this is the thing I was thinking about: is um the the way I tend to enjoy like that idea of leaving people something to discuss is <laughs> when you end your show or your season on something that sheds light on what happened before in a new light, mm-hmm. like. Let's say the end of season two of Twin Peaks had not implied, oh, as as he left the Red Room, he was uh, taken over by, um, what's his face? His shadow self. Yeah, his shadow self. Rather than making that implication, which was, this has just happened, what will happen next? If they had somehow implied, he's, he's not been Cooper for a while... Mm-hmm. That would have been something where people have room to speculate backwards. Mm-hmm. They don't need more show to answer that question, but it gives them room to go, ooh, at what point do you think that happened? How long has that been a thing? Mm. Like, I prefer backwards-looking space to rumour discuss rather than what what about the future story. That's really interesting you mention that, because yeah. that's basically how season three works. I mean, yeah. There is that whole bit in the very first episode, which makes no sense unless you've seen the last episode. Yes. And even then, it's still like, but what does it mean? But like, that's the thing. I prefer that. I yeah. think that. See, I think see, that you got what yeah. you wanted out of Twin I, Peaks. I think that Twin Peaks: The Return does the thing that I think. I think a lot of when a lot of people complain about the ending of Twin Peaks season two. Uh-huh. I don't think that it's they didn't want anything left to wonder about. They wanted something like Twin Peaks The Return, where the answer to the mystery can be found by going back in the show and the clues are there. Hmm. Because there are no answers to be found about what happens next at the end of season two. Because it's, well, there's a plot point. Okay, bye. Maybe there are things, there are plot points, and I just haven't seen them that <laughs> lead to what would happen next. But that—that's completely open-ended. That—that's not. Let's find the clue. The end of season two of Twin Peaks is not. Let's find the clues about what happens next. It's, no, it's let's write. Are you fan ready fiction. for next? Are you ready? Are you ready to write fan fiction while you wait for us to make more? As opposed to, do you want to go back and find the clues of how long this has been happening and yeah. argue over where? Argue over what you think the existing material means rather than a hypothesizing mm-hmm, forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, that's my taste in media. I, I like a mystery being left to discuss, but I like it to be that backwards kind. If you if you want some, some fun stuff to add to it and you don't mind it not being Lynch's thing, I definitely recommend listening to the audiobooks um, that um, Mark Frost, or the, the book... There are books, you can read the books, there's a lot of nice art in them, but <laughs> if you want to listen to the audiobooks, the audiobooks are really good, they're nicely um, nicely written and I read. I would like to do that at some point, I think. Um, yeah, and that's uh, the final dossier and lost something, I think, yeah. is the, the one before that. But yeah, and it is, that's very much more, this is season two stuff. 
Yeah. This is more, it feels very much more like, if you want a resolution to season two, if you want to know sort of some stuff that ties all that together, there, there's all of that and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. But it's, it, yeah, season three sits separate from that. It is very much more, feel, it feels very much more yeah. Lynch's baby. I, 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 I've started rewatching Twin Peaks, but I also kind of want to watch other David Lynch stuff because I want to try and get a sense for like, the broader sense of his work to see how that might in how that might impact my viewing of this mm-hmm. i feel like i would benefit from having a wider sense of lynch's work before trying to pick into this i believe i have a bunch of david lynch films downstairs so if you At if you want to sit point, down and watch some of that we might do some lynch watching i'm up for some lynch watching have you watched anything else this week? No, I have not. Uh, there's one thing we watched together. The Good Place is back. We did watch The Good Place. The Good Place is good. Yeah, I... Uh, the Good Place is back, and it continues to be good. I don't know how they're going to fill four more episodes worth of time. Right. Because it feels like they found a conclusion. Right. What could possibly I, happen I now? feel like... I feel... Everything feels too, like, it's wrapped up, and I'm like... There's, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else. Like, I know this show. There has to be some fucking twist that's going to... Like, I still... I, I'm putting my stake out there. I think they're in the bad place. I think that they are... That, that, that... All of them, including Sean. Yeah, Sean's in the bad... Every, everyone's in the bad place. <sighs> the whole the whole, sh- the whole, whole show is the bad place. Are we going to perhaps encounter some kind of creator? Was it a dream? I... Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, this this fucking show. I am super curious how you film four more episodes of this. Right. And like any other show, I'd go like, oh, you're just gonna pat, you know, spin your wheels for four more episodes. But I'm like, mm, not this show. They they know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I've got it's it's one of those series that I think is going to end at the right time. But yeah. really, I'm really praying they stick the landing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I I think that they've done the right thing by not trying to stretch it out. And here's the thing. I think so far they seem to be sticking the landing in yeah. the the most recent episode we saw the the answer they gave to the very big question of how do you have a better system of the afterlife that is more fair to people considering the fact that people are, are, are capable of change and that their morality is not a static fixed uh, fact the the answer they gave to that was really satisfying like. That's been my worry for a while. It's like how how do you how do you give a satisfying answer to that kind of philosophical question? Mm-hmm. And like obviously the the answer only works within the framework of like their established version of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. But like I think they 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 seem to have stuck the landing there. Yeah. And also I love Disco Janet. Oh, Disco Janet. <laughs> I I oh I love Chidi. Chidi's great. Chidi is amazing. Oh Chidi. Oh Chidi. Precious precious. You precious baby. Uh, I think that's everything we've seen this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Well. Oh. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Do you like ice cream? I do like ice cream. Do you like ice cream cones? I do. Bowls of ice cream? Yeah. Do you think that your ice cream could be spooced up? Perhaps. Well, perhaps because it is our century episode, but we've been sponsored by hundreds and thousands. A.K.A. Sprinkles for American listeners. Hundreds and thousands? Hundreds. Brackets and thousands. (laughs) 
those little colourful things that you put on ice cream. That they're basically little sugar, sugar Basic, pills. sugary things. Little sugary things. Yeah, little sh- sugary, uh, like vermicelli. Yeah, like, you, colourful you, sugary vermicelli. S- you sprinkle them on your ice cream. Mm-hmm. Sprinkle them on your cakes. Sprinkle yep. them directly into your face. I mean, I've definitely never done that. Sprinkle them all over yourself if you want to be a magical, delicious treat. I mean, you're already a magical, delicious treat. (laughs) You are a snack. (laughs) You are definitely a snack. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you want to be sprinkles, and both hundreds and thousands, I mean, we've got a lot more episodes to record before oh, we before qualify we for the, the second thousands. half of that. Yeah. But head on over to like hundreds, brackets and thousands, dot lol dot net and you can get yourself like a hundred pounds off your first thousand sprinkles. Heck! That's hundreds, brackets and thousands, dot lol dot net. <laughs> and you can get a discount. Woo! Woo! And that's our biggest discount ever. Woo! Best Woo! sponsor. Here's to a hundred more. Maybe... 900 more so that we can get the... That'd be 20 years of this show to get to a thousand. Wow. See, it only took us like two years to get to a hundred episodes. But imagine how long it would take us to get to a billion episodes. And that's why billionaires are immoral. <laughs> dot, lol, dot, net. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hey, hey, come in, come in, Eric, come in, Eric. I've, I've, got, sure, a, I've got a brilliant sure. idea, I've got a brilliant idea. Yeah, let's hear it. So, so, I've been thinking, you know how we, we have that, uh, that, that monster collecting, uh, game we do? Yeah, the one where we do, like, two games, and one of them's, like, most of the game, and the other one's, like, the other most of the game, but... You gotta buy both if you want the whole thing. Exactly, exactly. So, (laughs) you know, I've been thinking how we can monetize this even further. Wow. So, you know how we usually do the thing where we then make the third version that is both of them combined, yeah? Yeah, kind of. So, we're still gonna do that, but we're gonna add extra steps. Right. So, before we do that, we're gonna make DLC. I like this. Always up for more DLC. Yes, yes. I, I think I've got something new here. Yeah. We're gonna make... Version exclusive DLC. So, like the 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 pointy one and the the blocky one will each have their own DLC. Yeah, yeah, and the DLC will be identical in both of them. You'll go to a set of islands, then you'll go to somewhere snowy, and you'll go get a bunch of the old uh, creatures. But you're gonna have to buy it twice. Doesn't ca- doesn't matter that it's the exact same content you're adding. You're gonna have to buy it for each version you have of the game, and then afterwards. We can make the third version that puts the stuff from both versions of the DLC and both versions of the game into one game. We're going to sell two DLC packs before we sell the combined one. You are a fucking genius. That is that is incredible. I know. I didn't even have time to ask you how you were doing today. And it was that good an idea. Yeah, screw me. I mean, like, money. Money. Right? More money. And this is the perfect way to do it. Okay, so phase two next year. How about we release... Version exclusive DLC for the next version of the game following the expansion pass that includes bits of all the previous ones. Now you're speaking my language. Money, right? Money. So. What? What? Well, have you listened to? I've only really listened to. I've only really listened to one thing. One um, thing. I have started listening to the Besties. Do you Ooh. know what this is? Are they friends? They're friends. Yeah. It is the um, the video game podcast that's got uh, Griffin and Justin McElroy and some of the Polygon staff on it. 
basically it used to be the video game podcast that the McElroys were on. Uh, you won't be able to find it on here. It's a Spotify exclusive. Yeah. Uh, or old episodes are on here, so you'll be able to find old episodes, but starting with uh, 2020's episodes, um, it's now Spotify exclusive. Um, but I, I started by listening to some of the ones you can see here, some of their, their Game of the Year discussion, some of their... Basically, they do lots of podcasts where they'll go like, here is one specific game that came out, let's just sit and chat about that game for a bit as a group of people who've played it. Um, it's it's got a really fun, nice energy to it. These are, these are people who clearly are very good at video game media criticism, and I very much enjoy hearing them talk about, about video games. Ooh. So... That's the only thing I've really started listening to this week. I, I wish it was in more places than Spotify, but whatever. That's uh, not where I listen to podcasts. Well, I mean, I don't listen to Spotify at all, generally. Yeah. But, uh, uh, what about you? What have you been listening to? I've been listening to old episodes of Question Box. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm down to episode four with Travis McElroy. Oh, heck. <laughs> I was on there once. You were? Yeah. I wouldn't listen to your episode, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was very good. Well done. Uh, we've we've talked about it before. It's it's Brent uh, Brent Black's podcast. Brent Black and um, uh, K- uh, Kate, Kate Kate Sloan Sloan. That yes. Uh, ask very personal questions in a game show format and and might get... win ten dollars worth of something. Yeah, I got ten dollars worth of Nando's. I think it was. I think you did win a Nando's voucher. I think I won some Nando's. 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 Nice and cheeky. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 nice hearing people sort of talking about sort of being being vulnerable. Yeah. And, Opening and, up about themselves a bit. Yeah, and sort of missing things that perhaps might have been quite good for them to exercise or think about. It's it's the kind of thing where it, they, they create a, a safe space to be open by being like, yeah, but the hosts are going to be equally open and vulnerable as well. So like everyone's sharing. Yeah, I quite like the episode with um, Kate and and her partner. Yeah, that was a really interesting episode where like um, Brent was um, quizzing the two yes, of them. Yes, yes. Uh, it was nice to hear the um, Matt Turner and oh god, what's the guy the oh. last name from Life's a Pitch? Yes, um, I like Life's a Pitch. Life's a Pitch <laughs> is great. I've been on there a couple of times. It's oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. I've been on a couple of Life's a Pictures. Ooh, I think I think I've definitely heard one of you on on Life's a Pitch. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's sort of something. It, it's quite interesting, sort of sort of thing. Well, how would I answer that question? Yeah, it's it's quite a thing. Once the question has been asked, and you're like, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Your brain goes through an interesting spectrum of responses to being asked a personal question when you know there's a microphone on you. It's it's very different to. Like, when you listen to most quiz shows and it's like, well, perhaps I know that bit of general knowledge, as opposed to sort of just, like, plumbing your own depths of, like, yeah. how would I... What What is something that I am embarrassed about, about my body? Or what is it, something that I've never told anyone? And that one's really hard. I'm yeah. Scratching my head, like, what have I never told anyone at all? Yeah. That's... There's plenty that isn't public. But even then, like, there's a lot. Because I'm just... I... I don't really care. I chat a lot. Well, of that's, shit. that's it. Like I, I don't know for certain that my answer to that was was correct. But I, to the best of my ability, was like, I don't think I've talked about this. Ah, that's the other thing as well. It's like I'm, I might have talked about this at some point, yeah. and you, uh, you're welcome to prove me wrong, perhaps. Yeah, but... yeah. Take away my points if you will. But... I'm gonna have your Nando's back. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. 
shame upon this house. Yeah, um, it's it's a fun little show with with deeply personal questions, and I like that. Also, I didn't know, listening back now to to Travis's episode, Kate is the reason Sloane is called Sloane in in Adventure Zone. Yes, I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. Aww. Mm, what about you? you to That's all I've listened to, really. It's yeah. been a listen he- a listen like week again. Uh, what else have I listened to? I listened to a couple of things. Um, um, I also listened to uh, some Johnny May, who I've mentioned on previously, who does uh, ragtime yes. covers. Yes, yes. Uh, they were doing anime covers. It, it was anime covers this time. So they did uh, the Pokemon theme. Uh, a Howl's Moving Castle theme and uh, a Cruel Angels thesis from Neon Jealousy Evangelion. Yeah. Um, that That's six minutes of, of fun, upbeat anime tunes. <laughs> yeah, no, the title is like that you should never play in ragtime. I think they should be played ragtime. <laughs> I think this is true of, of all of the stuff that, that, yeah. that they, they do ragtime covers of because I just love the upbeat bounciness of it. Mm. It was great. Um... Listen to some uh, 10 second songs. They've got a new uh, track out, which is uh, Down With Sickness Done In 20 Styles. Oh, yes, yes, that's always fun. I, I do like their mixture of, of covers, and there were some, some great ones for that. I think there was like an Earth, Wind and Fire yeah, section. Yeah, yes, there was. <laughs> um, and the only other track I've, I've listened to this week was uh, Yum Yum Breakfast Burrito. Oh, yes. Um, we were trying to entertain a small child with meme music from the early 2000s. Yes, here are some light, colourful things that make repetitive sounds that you might like. Small one. <laughs> I think you enjoyed them. I think I so. rather into them. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I've listened to this week. Well then, time for this. Mm-hmm. Free to start hugs! Oh, free, oh, free, free hugs! Free, free, uh, free to start hugs. Um, okay. Hey. Okay, yeah, okay. That's yep. a nice so, hug. Yep. So, uh, yeah, oh. if you'd like to continue that hug, uh, that'll be an extra fiver. Uh, well, um, not, not really. How about this? I will continue to hug you, but I'm gonna whisper in your ear about Honey, who are sponsoring me. It's a browser plugin, and and you can learn all about that. About I can, can try. Yeah. So uh, Honey is a browser plugin, and uh, it, they search the web, the no. internet for like a bunch. <laughs> oh no, I no, can't get out the hug. No, oh, no, unfortunately, this is an unskippable ad oh. um, because you see, you have to get, you know uh. pay for the full advertising thing through the hug. So yeah, it's a, a free uh. browser plugin. It, it doesn't cost you anything, and they promise they probably won't sell your data to things because they're paid by the people who are giving the discounts in the first place and it's way easier than checking all of those websites okay, you that you probably never done, checked advert done uh, yeah I mean oh. I guess so how about some more of that if you, if you want to give me an extra 10 quid I can take the adverts off wasn't it just Fiverr before to uh, the hug continue that was the hug continue this is the hug continue without ads no thanks, I'd rather... How, how about this? I've got a thing where I won't constantly poke you throughout the hug, and you can pay to have that removed, so that it's it's less annoying. Hey, it's how about annoying. I just don't bother with the hug? But... Because at this point, I'd rather pirate a hug than legitimately go <gasps> through and... Wouldn't download a hug? I would download a hug to avoid all of this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> 
strapped for something to do at the weekend? Come on down to Clive Smith's World of Grey. Take a spin on the not-too-exciting nickel. Ride the Gainsborough go-round. Be mildly interested by the Hall of Slate. Why not bring the kids to see our three-hour educational talks about the history of greys through the ages? We've got 30 shades of grey and none of them is too racy. World of grey! It's informative. Questions, Sam. It's time for questions. Ask the questions. Well, the questions. Oh, well. It's not just questions this week. People have also shared some of their favourite memories. Oh, because we're a hundred. Because we're a hundred. That's quite a big number. Right? It's a very big number. Uh, so, Lisa Nevins asks, uh, what would be your signature attack in an anime? Oh, oh. Um, I feel like I would very dramatically, like, imagine a scene in, like, Death Note where something's being written, but mm. I'm writing a very scathing review. Oh, heck. Yeah, I, I defeat you by writing just a very scathing takedown of all of your flaws. Oh, heck. <laughs> um, I feel like I would pun someone to death. Oh, God. Punishment, perhaps. <laughs> uh, yeah, they would. They would like. I. I would pun them so bad, like they. Like, I don't know. Maybe all their skin would flay off, like they'd been hit by a nuclear blast. <laughs> just a skeleton left there. Just ah. <laughs> uh, Samuel West asks, "Who is your favorite Marvel science person?" Oh, favorite Marvel science person. I really like the Into the Spider Verse version of Doc Ock. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The, mm. the, uh, the, 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 that, that, that's a good version of, of Doc Ock. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good look. Yeah. So, so, I can't remember who pointed this out, but someone said, like, they, was that last year? Was that really, was that last year or the year before? I believe it was last year. Yeah, science lesbian really became a thing last year. Oh, science it? lesbian was a thing last year. <laughs> and I'm so here for I that. I mean, I'm here for science lesbians. <laughs> I'm always here for science lesbians. Like, yes, goggles and uh, an amazing brain and, like, the ability to, to do cool stuff. Yeah, I am very ready for... <laughs> yeah, so, um... Was it Octavia? Yeah, yeah, o- Octavia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caledry asks, uh, how do you deal with things you love coming to an end? Huh. I think... I think there is value in stopping and taking time to be introspective and to, to think back... Longingly and positively on the good times it has brought you, and going like, don't, don't, try, trying to convince yourself a little, like, don't focus on the fact it's ending, focus on the fact that it gave you so much positive while it was around. Hmm. I think, I think that's how I try and look at it. Yeah, I often find like when I finish like a really good book or a, a like a podcast series or something that I will just sort of, usually there will be. At least 20 minutes of just sort of sitting on my own in silence, yeah. just going, hmm, I'll just ruminate on just, the things. I, I will sometimes give myself some breathing room before I start something new, where I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to stay in the glow of that thing just, for just, a bit. Yeah, and just sort of have a moment's silence for, for yeah. that thing. Um, and it, again, on the sort of introspection side, I, I find it hel- healthy to... Take some time to be aware of your own feelings and go, it's okay to feel a little bit, like, you know, flattened out or empty when a thing you've been really enjoying sort of stops. Oh, like, like, And also, like, you develop a certain attachment to these things, so yeah. it's understandable to have that sort of, 
like a, a feeling of grief for well, that's that. That's it. You have some. I've had the emotional crash when I finish like in a 120 hour RPG, and suddenly I'm like, oh, okay. What do I do with my time now? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's important to like take the time to stop and recognize and acknowledge that feeling, mm. rather than trying to pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, just healthy self reflection. Yeah, I think that's probably the best option. Uh, King Ping asks, "Is it important to understand yourself?" Oh, very much. I feel like it's probably the most important skill you can work on. Yeah, I think that can be difficult sometimes. Oh, undeniably. Uh, I think there was a, a long time when I definitely didn't understand myself. Yeah, um, same. And I wasn't always the best person. Yeah. And I think learning and growing a bit more... Yeah. And, that... and and actioning on the things you've learned about yourself can be tough as well. Yeah. Like, that's the, the, the step that comes after Recognising your faults and going, I want to change this about myself yeah. and for no other reason than it is the right thing to do. Indeed. And to not forget that that's the thing you, you want to do. To, like, yeah. keep it in your mind and keep sort of revisiting it. Yes. Introspection is really important and really, like, it's really good for... It, it, it's It's a good step on the road to, to good mental health. It, is, it can be hard, it can take a lot of time, but, you know, think about who you are, what you do, what you want to be, what... Yeah. I think some of that, like, there is going to be an amount of what am I? Yeah. I, there's, yeah. yeah. Read some philosophy books. Yeah. That can help, sort of, like, thinking about what it is to be you. And... Well, like, we went out... <laughs> Just before New Year's and I had one of those days where I was just like, I I know we're having like a night out, but I'm just going to stand here and have a think about myself for a bit. And since then, I've had a really productive couple of weeks. Oh, but wow. I largely credit to just taking some time to go. But what about where I'm, where I'm at? Where am I at? What do I what do I, what, what do I want right now? You know, taking that time. I think that's another thing. Like, being able to just go, you know what? I need to just take some time to self-reflect. And switching everything off, or just yeah. stepping away from all of the things, and spending some time on your own, and just exploring. Sp- spending some time, as scary as it might be, not just pouring the next piece of media into yourself, and just sitting with yourself and going, yeah, but what, what do I, you know, where, where am I at? Let's check in with me. Oh, get bored is another thing I find. Yes. Like, um, allowing yourself to get bored rather than, as you mentioned, like, be about being entertained. Like, be unentertained for a while. Get yeah. bored and you'll, you'll probably find out a decent amount, apart from the fact that you're bored. Go for, go for a walk and, and don't uh, fill your brain with stuff. Let your, yeah. you, let your brain stuff come to you. Exactly. Deep one there. Uh, Becky Dewhill. <laughs> Hi, Becky. Hi. Mwah, I love you. <laughs> Do you consider recording these as an act of love? I think so. Huh? I I think recording these has been a very deliberate act of, of us time. Yeah. It's been a thing where it's like, hey, we might not spend every minute together. You know, there sometimes you'll be playing something on stream while I'm having a nap. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll go through media while you're at work. And it's like, it's just a nice, like, what you been up to this week? What are you doing? It's nice. It's a nice excuse to touch base with each other, and, and we get a hug at the end of every episode. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. Mm-hmm. It's um, why I make sure there's a brochure in every episode. <laughs> I'm like, because we need a hug. I think brochure was one of the things. Like even before we did this, that it was like, uh, hey, if we're gonna do a podcast, we should do 
a, a brochure thing, and I'm glad that we've yeah. managed to stick that. Of all the things that have come and gone, brochure I think has stuck because it has such it a broad. Stops being relevant. It, yeah, it has <laughs> such a broad mandate, and there's always new things happening in the news to you know tie it into, and mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to have a punchline. I mean, I think. I think the it's, presentation it's most important that it doesn't have a punchline. Yeah, the presentation style is the punchline, not the content. Yeah. Um Callum has shared a memory. Callum Turner. Hi Callum. Hi. It was lovely to meet you at Coxcon. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, my best memory of the podcast was finally listening to the first episode after meaning to for a while, and then loving it and catching up with about thirty episodes over two weeks. <laughs> I can't uh, imagine anyone binging us. I've I've binged other shows. It's it's always weird to think of other people binging the stuff that I make. Uh, I think the only time I've come close to binging this is uh, when you were away and I was feeling really, really unwell. And oh. I just like, lay on the couch and was like, I'm just going to listen to Laura talk uh. for about six hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that our content is bingeable, I suppose. <laughs> uh, Crimson, Crimson Conduit of Guillotines? Could be guillotines. Um, are there any genres that you don't usually get on with? And if so, are there any notable exceptions? In terms of game genres, I know that open world games are not usually my thing, but Breath of the Wild is a very clear exception to that. FPSs? I don't get on with most FPSs. I, I don't usually get on with FPSs, but Fortnite had me for a while. Isn't that third person? Oh, okay. Sh- online shooters I don't okay. usually get on with. I don't usually get on with shooters, but but... Fortnite got me for a while. Um, I don't get on with FPS. Is that like yeah. the one notable exception that I spent a serious amount of time with, and I keep thinking I'd like to go back and play some more of that. It's Left 4 Dead 2. I would happily play more Left 4 Dead 2 with you. I've never played Left 4 Dead with a person I know. I would love to do this. Yeah, let's play Left 4 Dead 2. Yay! Dead center for the win. Heck, I feel like there are other genre, there are other games that I've written about like today that fall into <laughs> that because I I've been working on an article. Ah, those those are the things that come to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Wood <laughs> uh, asks uh, if you were an NPC in a video game, what skill would you teach? I don't know. What would you teach? Poi, I guess. Ah, I was I was picturing <laughs> you teaching like pun uh, d- joke telling classes. <laughs> I not only use it as my anime attack, but in the video game version of that anime, I teach other people to use it as an attack. I train the newest Pungent Masters. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know what skill I would teach. Writing? Maybe. That, that seems like the obvious answer. Being adorable? No. <laughs> oh. Well then. So... Um, a few more questions here. Do you need a bra? (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) You got me. You got me. Do you need a bra with an output of about 2,000 lumens? I, maybe. Lighten up, bra. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you need a bra that allows you to regain... About a sixtieth of an hour of your life back. Give me a minute, bra. Give me a minute, bra. <laughs> uh, do you need a bra with built-in translation features? What are you saying, bra? <laughs> uh, um, do you need a bra that will help you to reach things on the top shelf that you're not quite tall enough to get to? Yeah. Give us a lift, bra. <laughs> Uh, do you need a bra with text-to-speech functionality? 
Sure. Tell me about it, bra. <laughs> uh, do you need a bra that will tell you what precursor to bread is inside of a container? Y- yes. In it, dough, bra. Oh my god. In it, in it dough, bra. Oh, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you. Yes, you do. Oh. Do you need a bra that flattens your breasts? Sure. Keep it down, bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that tells you to be somewhere else because you're currently stood on its DVD of the Scary Clown movie? Come off it, brah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I think that is all of the questions and all of the brahs. Wait, wait, wait. We oh have, my God, there's We not. have another segment oh in my this God, segment. <laughs> is it vegans or sorbons? Oh, wow. We are, yeah. <laughs> we are pulling all, out all of the stops. We're pulling out all of the stops today. Is it vegan or sawbones? It's that segment of the show where occasionally I will go into some Facebook groups and either this will be a post from... Sawbones, which is a podcast about medical history, and usually these posts will be shared there to, you know, debunk how how not scientific they are, or they might be in a group for vegans being shared unironically as a way to treat various medical situations. And I will apologise on on behalf of all veganity. I I will say <laughs> the vegan group has calmed down. They were. Oh. I had to work harder to find these than I have before. I feel like they're getting better. <laughs> um. So first up is a post that uh, has two emoji women doing handstands and doing the splits. Um. And for vegan women, on one side there is a rainbow and some water droplets and some flowers and a diamond and a baby coming out of her split legs. And on the non-vegan side, the woman doing the handstand splits has fish coming out of her crotch. Wow. And it simply says, if you know, you know. Implying that that non-vegan women have specifically fishy minge. As opposed to minge that smells like rainbows and diamonds and rings and a baby. Or Or junk, we should say. More precisely. Yes. Okay, yes, yes. So... Fish, fishy crotch. I, f- I feel like that's more of a hygiene slash thrush issue. I feel like you're right, but is that in vegan or sawbones? Sawbones. It's in vegan. Oh, God damn it. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um. Okay. If your kidney is in danger, the body will give you these six signs. And I'm, most of these are... Jaundice? Most of these are completely fine, but I'm going to tell you about the first sign. Um... You will have a headache, and you will know it is because you have not eaten enough vegetables. I've had caffeine headaches. I don't think I've ever had a vegetable. A lack of vegetables headache that will tell you about your kidney troubles. I don't think I've ever had vitamin withdrawals. Yeah. So, is this in vegan or sawbones? It was in vegan. Yeah. A pyrrhic (laughs) victory. Woo. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) drinking water from a copper cup. Will okay. help kill bacteria, mm. stimulate the brain, regulate the functioning of the thyroid, soothe arthritis pain, boost skin health, slow down aging, improve digestion. Uh, get <laughs> slow down aging is the one that got me. Um, get rid of anemia, lower the risk of cancer and heart disease. Well, this sounds like a cure-all, so I'm gonna say sorbets. 
Because Akira will cure nothing. You are correct, it was in Sawbones. <laughs> but, trick question, Aww. it was in Sawbones from a vegan group. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Uh, let, let me, let me, this is a, a long one, so I'm going to skim through it a little bit. Ooh. The navel. Ooh. Did you yep. know why to put different oils in and on the belly button? Our navel is an amazing gift that our creator has given us. Oh, Jesus. According to science, the first part created after conception is the navel. It is created. It joins the mother's placenta through the umbilical cord. It is surely an amazing thing. All our veins are connected to the navel, which makes it the focal point of our body. The belly button is life itself. Um... And then goes on to basically... That sounds like some Gwyneth Paltrow goop, goop bullshit. Yeah, so it's basically like, put neem oil on your belly button to get rid of pimples. Put almond oil in your belly button to achieve a glowing face. Put mustard oil in your belly button to get rid of dry chapped lips. Okay, this, this sounds very medical, so I'm going with sort of ends again. It's in vegans. Oh my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. Oh, we're not all like this, I promise. I know, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, right, which, which one do I want to go to next? Um, <laughs> woman tweets her genius potato necklace remedy... <laughs> For her son's 102 degree <laughs> fever. Wow. The American healthcare system's fucked, huh? Yeah, it is. It's this thing that you see frequently where it's like, put a slice of potato in your sock and you'll see that it's drawing out toxins. No, it just... It, That's it, just it, what happens when you leave a potato yeah, out. Yeah, when you leave a potato out, it oxidizes and turns black. It's not sucking gunk out your foot. So is this in Sawbone or Vegans, the potato necklace to cure a fever? Again, it feels very medical, so I'm going Sawbones? It's in Sawbones, thankfully. (laughs) Thankfully it's in Sawbones. And just Sawbones this time. Just in Sawbones this time. I'm not guaranteeing that no vegan group has posted it, but... um, Not one that we've been looking at deliberately. uh, Yes, yes. Um, This is is a a screenshot of of a post. I got the flu bad in bed for four days. I made green juice and surely made me feel better. Heart eyes emoticon, fairy emoticon, cucumber, lemon, pear, broccoli, banana, avocado, coconut, kiwi, apple, banana again, banana again, lemon. And no spirituliner. I feel like some spirituliner went in there at some point. Uh, if, if there's no emoticon for it. <laughs> Where's the algae emoticon? <laughs> Where's the blue algae emoticon? So, with green juice to kill the flu. Green juice tea. Green juice tea. This week we're sponsored by your, green juice. Your recipe given in emoticons of various fruit and vegetable and then a literal fairy to sprinkle magic on it to cure you. Ah, oh, I see. This is, a, <laughs> this is a Hyrulean recipe. Yes, yes. Mmm. Um. Oh, God. It's vegans, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 Uh, one, one more, one more. Okay. <laughs> What's your best juice detox recipe? <laughs> no, you, your body has its own natural detox. It's called your kidneys and your bladder. It, and your liver. And your liver and the various parts of your body that are designed to filter out the gunk. Yeah. Uh, well. The detox recipe given, mm-hmm. snort cocoa beans. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I have, I, I have, I have snorted cacao before. I was trying to get high; it didn't work. But I did have really chocolatey bogies afterwards. 
<laughs> but you weren't trying to detox. No, I was trying to get high. It didn't work. I have been high on cacao, but not that time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it, kids. It's very so, bad for your sinuses. Detox recipe, vegan or soul bones? <laughs> Vegans. It was vegans. Of course it was. I'm so <laughs> sorry, everyone. That's all right. No need to apologize. Not all vegans are like this, but it is, not all vegans. it is a fun game to play occasionally. <laughs> well then. Time for this. Mm. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? I want to see at least a hundred more Brochial Justice Warriors. That's a lot of Brochial Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's cool for celebration. Oh, yeah? What are you celebrating? Well, I believe this is the hundredth time that we have got together to have one of these little Have we had a hundred of these little Yeah, I don't know why I've been monitoring that. So you've, been, you've been keeping a little tally of how many nice uh, yeah, lovely hugs and nice cups of tea we've had. Yeah, Cup of tea. Lovely. Exactly. Yeah. Well, for Andre, I've 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 been thinking about something this week yeah. as as I am want to do. As you all want to as do. As I am yeah. want to do. So not so great news. Let's oh. talk of war again. As is a thing in the world. I mean, when isn't there? Yeah. If we're genuinely honest about it. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, yes, but I mean more visible threats of war in places that we're paying attention to at least. In, in in places that perhaps Western media is being a bit more public about. Yeah, but it, it got me thinking about the ways that people convince young people to go into the army. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot of people who end up going to the army, not because they necessarily uh, consider themselves people who should be fighting for their country or who want to see war. Or it's a, lot of, a lot of it is often people who don't really see any other choices for their future. There's a lot of that that happens. Yeah, and I, mean, I think there is a lot in army recruitment adver- advertising that will very often focus on the hey, you could get an education. Yeah. You can see the world. You could uh, you know, you could learn a, a vital skill that will be yeah. with you but for the, the rest of your life. But the thing that underpins that obviously is, hey, come join the army to travel the world, get skills, get an education, dot dot dot, because you can't afford to do that without putting yourself Potentially in the fo- in the firing line of bullets. Yeah, can be a hired killer because the infrastructure of your country is absolutely fucked and skewed against you because capitalism. Exactly. Whoa. Are you a person who has had a disadvantaged life, a starting life, and you know cannot afford to go to higher education or learn a skill that will carry you through life? Why not join our murder squad? And it's it's depressing because Very. you know I I feel like I feel like it is probably the case that. In a world where, for example, higher education was better funded or free for the people accessing it, where you abolished a, a, tu- a tuition fees, for example, for, for higher education, or put more money into helping disadvantaged people be able to go and earn skills, you'd probably have fewer people going to war. And, and yeah, and less desire to sort of run headfirst into, uh, yeah, well, let's go and, and do some, a little bit of minor colonialism tidy up uh, yeah. in some area that's, oh, you've discovered how many barrels of oil. Yeah, and the depressing thing is that, you know, that would reduce the number of people in the army, which is not what government probably want. Which is I why mean, there is a lot of money to be made in weapons, I understand. There's a lot of money to be made in war. But, um, Indeed. There's no profit in peace, as somebody once yeah. said. But 
I, I feel like it is a thing that, like, I, I feel like while we can't necessarily as a people go, no wars, and the government doesn't necessarily have a reason to listen to us, perhaps, I feel like it is a lot of an easier sell to go, we should be making higher education and vocational courses more accessible for more lower income people, and hopefully as a net result, you know, lessening the number of people who feel forced to go into war just to, you know, hope they can make a living someday afterwards. Yeah, only, only what is it for them when they come out? You know, the yeah. people, you know, very often the people responding to these uh, army recruitment videos or military recruitment videos are, you know, veterans going, yeah, well, you know, I, I might have got my electrical engineering qualification, but I also have PTSD and most of my friends have died. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, they don't really advertise that up front. They don't. And no. Even though people probably know it's the case, they roll the dice on anyway because sometimes they just... don't have any other hope. Sadly, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like initiatives to to make things easier for lower income people and to improve odds of of higher education and training for lower income people are explicitly anti-war policies that we should probably be pushing for. Yeah, <sighs> do you fancy that hug? Very much so, mate. Very much. <sighs> so. <sighs> Oh, oh. Oh, good on, mate. Good on. Good on, Shall good I uh, pop the kettle on? Yeah. I'll have a cup of tea. Yeah. In the land of queer and pleasant strangers. In the land of queer and pleasant strangers. Yeah. So, Laura. Me? You, Mr. Dove. Where can we find you on the internet? Laura K. Buzz in all of the places. In Laura K. Buzz. All of the places. On, Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, laurakbuzz.com. I would recommend a couple of specific features I've done recently I've been really proud of. I did my uh, 2025-ish most anticipated uh, indie games of 2020. Um, I did an article about McCavity from Cats and a comprehensive list of his crimes. Um, What else did I do recently? Um, I did a piece about disability accessibility in in games with the new consoles happening. Uh, My Games of the Decade feature all of which are available on YouTube as videos or on laurakbuzz.com as written articles, depending on how you prefer them. Um, I did a new thing on Patreon. I've started doing Patreon Q&A podcast things where every now and then I will put up a little Q&A thread uh, for Patreon backers and anyone can download the podcast afterwards and hear all of the, the, the answers. But if you want to ask questions for that, if you're supporting me for a dollar a month or more on Patreon, that it, there will be threads to do that. It is the only thing behind a paywall on on the Patreon as a way to go. Hey, hey, maybe maybe you come click on this. Um, so check that out. You, the first episode is up, and everyone can have a listen to it. It is available for everyone. Other than that, I have some books. Things I learned from Mario's butt is an illustrated, silly and serious uh, coffee table book of video game character butt reviews with a bunch of guest critics involved. Uh, you can back that currently on Unbound to get it slightly early or with various rewards, get it signed, things like that. Or you can get it in shops in October of 2020. Gosh, it's this year. We're in the year where that book comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Uncomfortable Labels, which is a book about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and that is available right now where books are sold, or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. Other than that, there is Pixel Squirt, which is a video game porn review podcast, Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect, uh, Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, and I will be on season 7, I've come <gasps> up with my character for that season, a character sheet exists. Um, what about you, Jane? Where are you on Me? the internet? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I can also be found on Twitch as Janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. I stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Come join the Sexy Potato Squad. Uh, that That's all my my lovely viewers. Um, also on Patreon.com slash Radio, And I'd like to say thank you to uh, Math Tiger says that there is a 43.47% chance that Moose is a human. Uh, Jaden, Cassiopeia Swift, Tallulah, Callum, hey thanks for your excellent work, Turner. Uh, S. Kearney, Goblin of the Year 2019, congratulations. Uh, Larry Yelling NB, J. Logan, Conduit of Queerness, Mage of Life, Tales of Inquiry, uh, Constantine Kuhne, uh, Robin Loves Dedude Molinaro, every week that gets me. Uh, Kelladry wishes that she remembered to change her name in time for Dice Funk, uh, Robert, Rob, Rob, Robert Harding, and Basin is back. Thank you very much to all of those people. If you want to chuck us a dollar a month, I would very much appreciate that, because I would like more time to write about video games and play games and talk about the things and share experiences I'll, and make would, amusing content. I would people. like if you had the time to do that too. That would be really lovely. Um, so yeah, uh, I think those are the most important ones. Oh, uh, redbubble.com slash people slash don't monkey radio and you can get a butt plug soup bath mat or a phone cover or a spookake t-shirt what have you fancy uh yeah and that's all the things so laura sings out darling until next time be a stranger i will